opening, like, hey, we're going to talk about Mike- Michael King Jr. today. <laughs> and everybody be like, who are you talking about? <laughs> so like, share, subscribe. And if you can, sponsor, 99 cents a month. Keep it fly for now. Did I say that right? <laughs>
it drew like strong reviews and positioned him at the forefront of the civil rights leadership. Mm-hmm. And dude was in prison like 30 times. Yeah, he he was about that life. They stayed putting him in jail. Yeah. He was on the FBI's most wanted list. That was something that blew my mind. Oh, yeah. Like, what? Most wanted for what? They really believed back then. The civil rights leaders was like communist spies and stuff like that in those days, wow. too. What they was doing and why they why uh, Hoover had him under so much surveillance was besides him being a little bit racist. Well, not a little bit, probably a lot of bit. But I'm about um, to say. <laughs> <laughs> full outblown. <laughs> Call it what it is. Beyond that, they didn't want to see this movement become something way bigger. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to actually talk about that uh, a little bit later. You know that. It was assassination attempt. Have you ever heard that that speech that he did when he'd be like, if I would have sneezed, that's what he's talking about. Basically, it was a a knife plunged so close to his aorta that if the doctors basically told him that if he would have sneezed, he would have died. Wow. So it was uh, some type of mentally ill dude. But yeah. Mm, Man. Yeah. Well, the thing that I didn't know until about a couple of years ago, because I always thought that he died the day he got shot on the balcony. No. But he actually made it to the hospital. And then Mm -hmm. they said that the doctor killed him Mm. i was like wow like he he actually was alive yeah you know his family his family never believed that james earl ray acted alone Mm -hmm. they actually won a civil case against the uh, government the family did Mm -hmm. they found some type of evidence to basically say like hey you did it Mm -hmm. but yeah it was just it was just so so weird you know and you had not only federal agencies but you know the mafia Mm -hmm. where he was assassinated at and i'm like i said i'm gonna get to this later is because of what that speech that last speech that he had in memphis what he was saying in that last speech Mm -hmm. it could have been the mafia it could have been the local or the state government agencies it could have been a whole bunch of people because of that last speech that he said and the amount of threats that was put upon him for even showing up to Memphis was just crazy. Mm-hmm. And all this was for sanitation workers. But that mm-hmm. speech had way more than sanitation workers in it. And that's right. what I think that's what triggered all the assassination and everything. Mm-hmm. But did you know that his mother was also killed by bullets? I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So somebody killed her? Or she just... It was a deranged gunman, and he said that Christians mm-hmm. were his enemy, and that although he had received divine instructions to kill King's father, who was in the congregation, he killed King's mother instead because she was closer. Mm. But a deacon, a church deacon also died. The guy received the death penalty and was later changed to life and imprisonment. It was partially due to King's family opposition to capital punishment. Mm-hmm. Listen, his family remained nonviolent even after all this trap. <laughs> Just right. wow. I mean, the reason for the day, he's the only person in America whose birthday is observed as a national holiday, besides George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, which were presidents. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I did a play many moons ago called The Meeting, and it was about a fictitious meeting between. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. What was said in the play was Malcolm X was saying to Martin Luther King, they'll uphold your values and make you look like a god because of your nonviolent ways. Say, mm-hmm. but the moment that you say something out of content, they'll treat you just like they treat me. Exactly. That's why I always felt like Martin Luther King was getting to a point where he started seeing that 
nonviolent action was actually getting a lot of people killed and it wasn't really upholding or breaking anything down or making anything better mm-hmm. for everybody. That's my opinion. And I think he was getting closer to that edge by the time he had reached Memphis. Right. Well, the thing, one of the things that I would say, too, is a lot of people always quote the the rosy versions of his uh, quotes, but they never talk about the other stuff that he said when he was getting pushed to that edge because he wasn't always just talking flowers and rosebuds. Sometimes he was, you know, showing that, look, I'm, I'm about tired of this stuff. Like there were there there are those quotes too that people always like to you know gloss over. Right, they like to make it look like the only speech he ever made was "I have a dream." If you ask anybody, they they'll say, "Oh, I have a dream, Martin Luther King, I have a dream." But it was so many mm-hmm. other speeches that he had, like this one in Memphis. And I'm about to take a sip of water because I'm gonna read some of this speech and. I heard him say this speech and it brought to my mind, this was the reason why they probably already had a plan to to take him out many moons ago. Like I said, it was already an assassination attempt, especially uh, the FBI. The FBI wanted him out, especially after they had Kennedy dead. Not mm-hmm. no conspiracy theorists. <laughs> right. <laughs> but once Kennedy died, it was like, oh, this is open season now. Right. Because you know Johnson, he was a Southerner. I know. <laughs> he didn't care. He was like, whatever, go ahead and get rid of all of them. <laughs> right. To him, you know, he, he played both sides, you know, because he, he was down with Kennedy, but he had to play both sides. Like, oh, everything is all good, but behind closed doors, I'm pretty sure he was like, look, down south, we got a way to deal with this here. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. And so I'm going to read some of this because this is the speech and this is not all of it. So I, I advise everybody, if you're listening, um, to go out and look at this speech. Um, it's It doesn't have a real name to it, but it's called I've Been to the Mountaintop. Mm-hmm. It says, and I'm just going to read part of it. It says, strangely enough, I would turn to the Almighty and say, if you allow me to live just a few years in the second half of the 20th, 20th century, I will be happy. Now that's a strange statement to make because the world is all messed up. The nation is sick. Trouble is in the land. Confusion all around. That's a strange statement. But I know somehow that only when it's dark enough, you can see the stars. And I see God working in this period of the 20th century in a way that men in some strange way are responding. Something is happening in our world. The masses of people are rising up and what and wherever they are assembled today whether they are in Johannesburg, South Africa, Nairobi, Kenya, Ghana, New York, Atlanta, Georgia, Jackson, Mississippi, or Memphis, Tennessee, the cry is always the same. We want to be free. Men for years now have been talking about war and peace, but now no longer can they just talk about it. It is no longer a choice between violence and nonviolence in this world. It's nonviolence or non-existent. I kind of take when he says that part, like, hold on, it's nonviolence or non-existence. Mm-hmm. So he's basically pointing out to you, and, and this is just me, maybe this is not true, this is just my opinion, I don't want nobody blogging about me or talking about me, but this is just my opinion. When he says nonviolence or non-existence, he's saying basically to me, you hold me up to a higher standard because I'm nonviolent, but what if I started doing stuff back? 
then I mm-hmm. won't exist. Then you'll try to eliminate me. You'll try to make me uh, uh, the most demonized person on this earth. Right. And, he's, and he goes on. He, he said, because I'm just jumping through it. Uh, that is where we are today. And also in the humans, human rights re- revolution. If something isn't done and in a hurry to bring the color people of the world out of their long years of poverty, their long years of hurt and neglect, the whole world is doomed. Now I'm just happy that God has allowed me to live in this period to see what is unfolding. And I'm happy that he allowed me to be in Memphis. I can remember, and he pauses, (laughs) I can remember when Negroes were just going around as Ralph has said. And I believe he was saying, talking about Ralph Abernathy, but I'm Mm -hmm. not sure. And he says, we're just going around as Ralph has said, so often scratching where they didn't itch and laughing when they were not tickled. But that day is over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we mean business now, and we are determined <laughs> to gain our rightful place in God's world. Listen, he said this in Memphis, mm-hmm. and it gets more gangster. Look, I was reading this to ramp it up to you. Now, this is where it gets more gangster. We are asking you tonight to go out and tell your neighbors not to buy Coca-Cola in Memphis. Go by and tell them not to buy uh, Sealist milk. I hope I pronounced that right. Tell them not to buy what is what is the other bread? Wonder Bread. And what is the other mm-hmm. bread company, Jesse? Tell them not to buy Hearts Bread. As Jesse Jackson has said, up to now, only the garbage men have been feeling pain. Now we must kind of redistribute the pain. We are choosing these companies because they haven't been fair in their hiring policies and we are choosing them because they can begin the process of saying they are going to support the needs and the rights of these men who are on strike and then they can move on downtown and tell mayor tell the mayor to do what is right yeah (laughs) see now now you now you messing with a different kind of money here right you messing with money money Mm -hmm. because these a lot of these companies back then in those days we're in like the mafia pockets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, especially dealing with garbage men too. So I, I can kind of see where some people think that the mafia was a little bit involved with the hit. And Hoover dirty behind probably, and this is just me being conspiracy Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> Hoover dirty behind probably had the mafia like, hey, listen, I'll turn the other cheek. If you take care of this Martin problem for me. Right. Kind of like the whole thing with uh, Malcolm, where it's like the FBI knew something was up, but they were, well, we're going to look over here and pretend like we don't see nothing going on. <laughs> I kind of feel like it's the same situation. Right. But that's different because that's called COINTEL Pro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a real thing. COINTEL Pro was a real thing. Like they had people, black people working for them, mm-hmm. infiltrating the organizations twisting and flipping words mm-hmm. and, and i hate to go into this right when we're talking about martin the flip to malcolm but he needs his moment because for the life of me i can't understand why he's not as celebrated exactly i love me some brother malcolm if you if you listen to some of his stuff and i'm not i'm, I'm not talking about all his mm-hmm. nation the islam stuff i'm talking about the stuff after, after he yeah left the nation. If you listen to some of that stuff, he kind of seen for himself, you know, that he had been lied to Mm -hmm. and he was trying to correct some of his ways. He didn't really get a chance to really turn it all around. Mm -hmm. Do I think that him and Malcolm, because he did come down to Selma, Mm -hmm. he did, Malcolm did come down to Selma. I think that in due time, I think him and Martin would have worked together 
it, it would have been too powerful and they couldn't have that. Right, exactly. Because wherever there's organized organization, then you see mm-hmm. a movement happening. When there's chaos, people can't get their stuff together. It's kind of like what we got going on now. Everybody's doing this and that and the other and nobody's moving in one solid direction. Everybody's just kind of scattered. As long as they can keep you scattered, you know, Sister, they, they have to already control. know. <laughs> they got the control. <laughs> you already know. So. The best thing they can do to us is to confuse us. Mm-hmm. So they feed us everything that they want us to eat. Mm-hmm. And we sit up there and just eat it on up. Eat it up till we throw up. <laughs> mm-hmm. They'll sit up here and tell you that you need to eat healthy foods. But healthy foods is the most highest foods in the store. Right. So, I mean, what what is what is the average family supposed to do? They're supposed to go broke paying for organic apples. Right. <laughs> or you're going to go get this dollar meal from McDonald's and save probably about 30 bucks. Exactly. The The trick is, it's not the food that you eat. It's how you exercise and take care of your body mm-hmm. when you eat that food. Are you drinking enough water? Are you exercising? You can eat fast food. Mm-hmm. Just do it in moderation. Right. You don't, you don't sit up there and eat fast food every day. Um. I'm going to get back to this uh, Martin stuff because this is, this is I'm telling you, it's on some gangster stuff right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's subtle gangster, and you got to understand. <laughs> but not only that, we've got to strengthen the black institution. I call upon you to take your money out of the banks downtown and deposit it, deposit your money in Tri-State Bank. We want a banking movement in Memphis. So go by the Savings and Loan Association. I'm not asking you something we don't do ourselves at SCLC. Judge Hooks and others will tell you that we have an account here in the Savings and Loans Association from uh, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. We're just telling you to follow what we're doing. Put your money there. You have six or seven black insurance companies in Memphis. Take out your insurance there. We want to have an insurance in. Mm -hmm. Now, these are some practical things we can do. We can begin the process of building a greater economic base. And at the same time, we are putting pressure where it really hurts. And I ask you to follow through here. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and a lot of people will look at this and be like, oh, that's not gangster. Well, I'm going to bring up a name for you. Gaddafi, because mm-hmm. he was trying to centralize the banks in Africa. Mm-hmm. He was trying to make it a, a one currency in Africa. He was trying to organize the money in Africa. And a lot of people don't know this. They just think that he was some type of evil dictator and all this stuff. He might have aligned with some very scandalous people, but he was trying to get Africa's wealth up. And everybody know that, you know, Technically, well, not technically, really, Africa is the richest country in the world. Right. It's just that nobody in Africa owns the money. You get what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. And he was going to basically get everybody to be on board with this whole thing. And you know what happened to him? They got assassinated. (laughs) Like, yeah. They'll tell you all the bad stuff that he did, but they won't tell you all the good stuff that he was trying to do. Well, of course not. Because we got to paint the picture. <laughs> right. The fact that his country was the the richest country in Africa. Mm-hmm. But they'll tell you that he was treating his people unfairly and everything like that. Like, I don't align with everything that he, he did or does. But, yeah, I just want to throw that up out there. Because Martin is talking about aligning all this stuff up in Memphis. And 
he was already he already had a red target, a red dot on him. Mm-hmm. The, I think that him saying this really sped up the pace. And I think that he knew this because he talks about he says, and then I got to Memphis and some began to say threats or talk about the threats that were out. What would happen to me from some of our sick white brothers? Listen, he already knew that he had this dot on him mm-hmm. and he put the pressure on 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 this dot. Like, look, we got to do this now ASAP. And he, he basically says, and this is why this speech is called I've Been to the Mountaintop. He says, I've been to the mountaintop and I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. Uh. <laughs> he knew. I, I, I really feel like people who are about to die know that they are about to die. Yeah, they have that feeling. I think it's like a premonition. Like, I remember, God bless him, and I truly miss him, when my cousin died of cancer. Mm-hmm. He said to me uh, one day, because I was coming up there, and he was like, look, don't worry about that prayer stuff. You want to pray for somebody, pray for my children. I know where I'm going, and I've already had a conversation with who's taking me there. <laughs> wow. And I was like, I was like, what? I mean, this is in hospice. And the very next day was his best day while he was in hospice. He literally got up out the bed, went outside, smoked the blunt with some family members. <laughs> but he got up, went outside, uh, smoked the blunt, chilled. And then the very next day, his mother said, because she was laying, you know, a mother. Mm-hmm. So she was laying there. And all of a sudden, she heard my cousin talking. And he was like, yeah, I see you up there. But I'm not quite finished yet. Um, just in the middle of the night. I see you up there, but I'm not quite finished yet. I have one more person I need to talk to before I go on. Wow. And so I think that when it gets to that point, you start to see the the other realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people going to say, oh, here we go. We talking about some crazy stuff. No, the other realm. Because I think uh, angels and uh, everything is, is moving to and fro. We can't see it, mm-hmm. but it's there. And so I think when you get to that point, I think you can start to see the movements Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, okay, yep, it's that time. But yeah, I think he pretty much knew, you know, and when Jesse, when Jesse went down there to go use the phone, Mm -hmm. I'm not blaming Jesse. I'm just saying, I find it weird that you knew all this stuff was going on and Martin could leave him Newports alone. I don't Mm -hmm. know if Martin smoked Newports, but I knew he (laughs) smoked cigarettes, but when he went out there to go smoke them cigarettes, y'all knew that he was very, mm-hmm. very wide out in the open. You know, mm-hmm. it's something that they make presidents not do no more. You know, everybody that's in security knows that the best way to get somebody is when they go outside to go smoke a cigarette. Right. So they try to get him up off of cigarettes. That's why they had Barack with like 18 patches on his arm because mm-hmm. he smoked cigarettes. Mm-hmm. But I think that security got lax and... You know, it was other assassination attempts and everybody was just like, ah, I'm wanting to be all right. But when he said all this, oh, this was this was all our war right here. Right. Because now you're taking money from Coca-Cola. Right. You're trying to shut shut us, shut us down. You're trying to hit us where it hurts. And so now we got to stop you. <laughs> Back then, one of the biggest corporations it is. Right. I'm pretty sure it was some type of union or something like that. You know, the mafia was all into the unions. Because yeah, that's they how sure they built Las, Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So I know some of these companies was union and all that. Come on. After this speech, yeah, it was it was, it was was a wrap. It was nothing for a plane to come in. And you know what? And I'm not saying nothing bad about Memphis. And please forgive me. But I think that kind of 
the death of Martin Luther King there kind of mm-hmm. hexed the city. Mm-hmm. I actually stayed at an Airbnb, like, overlooking that area. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, almost like birds don't even fly up over there. You better stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. It's like birds don't even fly up over there. It's like a weird feeling. Like, I walked past there. I, I'm, everybody was like, you should go in there and check it. No. I will walk past there, but no. Why would why would I go by and and put my hands upon or look gaze my eyes upon where somebody died? Right, like, that's not a. It's just not something that you would be like. It's not on the top of your list of things to do. It's like what? Why would I want to? Yeah. Do that? Right. Like I had a. Well, he wasn't really a friend. He was like a, a an associate, but we was like friends of friends. Mm-hmm. And we was on the same school bus stop and everything. But he got killed. Like down the street from my mama in them house mm-hmm. on the uh, on the block. To this day, whenever I get up to that point in the street, I cross the street, mm-hmm. and everybody always asks me why you cross the street. I was like, no reason, and I just keep on walking. I won't even tell them, but that is the reason why mm-hmm. is because I don't, you know, I don't want to gaze upon that. I, I don't want to have that thought of like, dang, this is sad. This is where somebody died at. Like, this is you took your last breath right here, like. I'm pretty sure Martin didn't didn't want to take his last breath in Memphis. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he wanted to take it at home with his family as an elderly man. So the last right. thing you're thinking is this is where it's going it's going to all end. The craziest thing is it's a lot of people that don't know all these facts and stuff like that about Martin. You know, they still just thinking that he's Mister I Have a Dream. Right. Well, one of the things that um kind of annoys me is like when everything was happening, when you were having all of these killings and people was and the protests were happening. Hold on one second. Then the people were quoting Dr. King and oh da 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 da. And I'm like, but y'all killed him too. Yeah. So what's the what's your point? To to them, you know, you can you can quote King, but you know you can't make it make sense to you. Why can't you make it make sense? Because you're taking out. What you want to take out, like you said, his speeches was not soft. (laughs) They might have been real subtle, like jabs and shots. But if you listen to his speeches, like he'd get to a point where he'd be like, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to say, and and I'm putting in my terms, we're going to say F you. We're going to say (laughs) F you. We're going to take our money, put our money here and be like, peace out. We out. Y'all want to treat us right? Fine. Forget it. We we tired of asking. We just going to take our money. They didn't like that. No. So they don't never talk about that. They don't never talk about his last speech. They don't never talk about his speech that he had up in New York before this last speech. But check this quote out because I'm looking at it right now. This is one of the ones that I was talking about. Freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. Does that sound rose, rosy to you? That's like, nah, it's just not going to be given to us. We got to go and take that mess. <laughs> I'm right. like, okay. And- <laughs> I, I put it to you like this: When Jesus started flipping over tables, you think that's a metaphor? <laughs> exactly. Like he, like a lot of times people do that with, with Jesus. They want to talk about his flowery side, but they don't talk about him flipping over tables and how he called people out when everybody wanted to stone the woman because she uh, was having sex. But that was that was like, well, he said, well, let he who is without sin be the first to cast the first stone, and then everybody walked away. It's like. That's Jesus was gangster too. Like y'all be, yeah, y'all be tripping. But I mean, you, you put it into them, uh, them Shakespeare parables, right? It always sounds nice and smooth. But I'm pretty sure it was like, oh, Joshua, I seen you coming out of Miss Jones' house the other day. Quit playing, man. Stop. Exactly. 
Like, do you want me to make your parts fall off right now? Okay, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I thought. Come on, dude. <laughs> like, you you came to me last week to hear you from the crabs. Like, <laughs> right. And I, 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 I spit on the dirt, put the, put the mud on your crabs, and the crabs went away. Now exactly. you want to act like this lady did something wrong. Come on, man. Right. Come on. <laughs> I call him the king of calling people out. Like, hold up. What? Excuse me? Hold up, sir. Let me let me let me gather you right quick. <laughs> For some odd reason, whenever I think about him going in there flipping over tables, I think about them old like '60s black singers when uh-huh. they wasn't getting their money and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Like the Osley Brothers walking there. <laughs> right. And you know, it's like twenty of them, but the Osley Brothers walking there, and you know, uh, Ronald be like, "Where's my money?" <laughs> and they, and they start laughing at him because his voice is real high. Yeah. And then the big brother coming there. Because he was a big dude back in his day. And he come in there and be like, oh, you're going to pay us our money. And start flipping over the table. For some odd reason, I think about it like that. Like, you're going to pay my money. You're mm-hmm. going to get right. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I don't know what people think or why they think that Martin Luther King, you know, was so soft and subtle. I mean, I know he gave off a nice smoothness, but... You got to you gotta really listen to those speeches. Uh-huh. But yeah, anyway, uh, Q, anything you want to give a, a shout out about this week? Um, no, just I want to say, just remember that MLK is not about a day off. Because I remember one time I was working at the DMV and this lady was like, I don't know who this black guy is, but I'm glad for this day off. And I just looked at her Whoa. like, I wanted to claw her eyes out. I was like, excuse me? It's oh not about God. a day off. It's a day on to remember all the works that this man put in to to ensure that black people have and all people of color, all people of color, you know, have just basic civil rights. Like it's not even he didn't even want say equal. He said civil. Like just treat us with civility. Yeah. So that's what the day is about. We don't we don't want the water fountain in the front. Right. We just want to be able to use the good water fountain. Exactly. That's we don't it. want the one with the, you know, all broken down and have the rusty water. We want to be able to drink clean water for us and our children too. <laughs> Thank you, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we we want to come in the front door too when exactly. we go into the mall because our money spend the same. That's right. all we wanted. No, he just wanted us to be treated like human beings. That was it. Yeah. Maybe at another time I get even more deeper with that. But since it's his birthday, I want to keep it, you know, mm-hmm. more towards. But yeah, he uh, he got to a point where he he basically was saying maybe his dream was a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'll talk about that at, at another time. But yeah, I, I just want to uh, give everybody a shout out about there who's listening to the podcast every week consistently and enjoy these type of topics. And if you want to bless us with a nice donation (laughs) if you want to bless us with a nice donation look to be a sponsor for the show it's only 99 cent that's it to start and then you got other levels but if you want to just donate a dollar a month we'll thank you we'll thank you because i mean we we take time out to love on you guys and you guys love us so let's let's get this let's get it Mm -hmm. right so like share subscribe and if you can sponsor 99 cents a month. Keep a fly off an eye. Did I, did I say that right? <laughs> Keep a fly off an eye. Yeah. And if nobody told you today that they love you, guess who do? I do. And check out the Facebook page. Yeah, we got a Facebook page up. I got to steal some pictures from Q's Facebook page and put on there. It's a lot of old Facebook pictures from me. And you'll actually see the flyer from the uh, actual play the meeting in there. It's, it's an old Facebook page that I had. 
Trust me. You'll, un- you'll understand when you see it. You'll be like, wow, these pictures go way back. Oh. Y'all been doing this podcast for that long? No. What happened was, <laughs> like I told you before, I've done many of stage plays, many of acting, done all kinds of little skits and stuff like that. So you may even find one of those up out there, too. But, um, yeah, so all that stuff is accumulated from all that. But, yeah, everybody have a safe week. Enjoy yourself. Peace. Yep. Yes, 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 support group. Hi, I'm Kenneth, and this is your support group. Thanks for tuning in.